We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang. No Brandon Sprague because uh, I killed him and threw him off a cliff. So I don't know where Brandon's at. Uh, he can't make it because he's out coaching right now, the girls. Uh, I am joined by special guest of the Portland Trailblazers, Trendon Watford, uh, fresh off of uh, a uh, contributing uh, combined 77 points last night with Damian Lillard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, in a defeat of the Houston Rockets uh, down in the Bay right now, getting ready to take on the Golden State Warriors tomorrow. Trent, man, thank you for joining us, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate having you. Appreciate it. Uh, I wanted to bring you on because I'm a nerd and you do some stuff on the basketball court that I find incredibly unique and different and want to talk about that. But I want to, um, first of all, kind of introduce you and and get people to kind of know who you are. It's, It's For me, like every game I come to, I always find it really interesting the dynamic of the locker room because the way the locker room is set up now we've had a few changes dames on one side ants on the other but kind of in the middle in between is you and Nas on each side and i feel like you guys are kind of like the driving force of conversations in the locker room <laughs> no matter no matter what it is both you guys you guys have you have thoughts you have ideas you have opinions kind of back and forth and it's always there's, it's always engaging. It's always interesting. Is it the same way on flights and when you guys go out? Are you guys kind of the, the, the driving force of all that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, like yeah, definitely me and Nas. Like for some reason, everything I say, Nas just thinks is hilarious. So like, anytime we're having a conversation about something, I might say something like something a little funny. He's just dies laughing and uh yeah but i think you know definitely on both sides of the locker room we're definitely two ones that they get they get conversations started though it is it's funny because it gets the crosstalk going because yeah. on, on your side you've got jg jeremy's quiet and right. on naz's side you've got shaden who's incredibly quiet but it, it, every every now and then you guys get going just enough to where they start yeah for sure yeah getting, yeah. getting pulled into stuff and that's when it starts getting a little bit more interesting Mm-hmm. Just kind of getting to know you. Let's take a few minutes. Where are you from? How did you grow up? You know, uh, how did you get, find your way to LSU? And then uh, we'll kind of go from your your rookie year into into now a, a little bit later. Uh, yeah, originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, youngest of three. I got an older brother, older sister. Uh, you know, pretty much just grew up. You know, my dad worked, my mom worked. Uh, you know, just always. And my, my brother, my brother played basketball, uh, you know, he's 10 years older than me. So 
I can remember going to his games when I was like four or five years old and just, uh, you know, just sort of fall in love with the game around then. And, um, you know, it's pretty, I had an older, older sister who played volleyball. And um, so, yeah, I was pretty much an athletic family. So it was just following my, following my brother uh, around doing his AAU, his college career, his, even his professional career. Um, so that's pretty much, you know, pretty much how I was, how, how I was brought up around the game. And, uh, you know, my dad worked, my mom worked. And, uh, yeah, so if you're originally from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, went to high school, um, won three straight championships at high school. And, uh, yeah. What's what's always funny is when, when talking to particularly NBA players, because basketball in general, one player can be so impactful. And I was, t- I was talking to Jeremy about this last night. And mm-hmm. I, I knew he was an East Coast guy. And I was like, I just I couldn't remember. I was Because I was asking around the room, like, if who had seen – Something like what Dame did last night in a 71 point. It's like, what had that look familiar? Well, I'll get to what you said last night, but I started asking around the room, and you know, you won three state championships in high school. Jeremy, his entire starting lineup made the league at Dematha. Like, you look around the room, Dame's kind of the one guy who came from a smaller place, even though he's he's from Oakland. And it's, it's really interesting, like particularly you younger guys with the, the, the AAU circuits and stuff that you guys run through where uh, the, the teams that you guys are on, they're just, they're just better than they were years ago. You know, it's right, the, right, the, the right. way that guys kind of come together. How did you end up at, uh, in the sec when your brother didn't? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just too different. You know, I think his, his, his era of college basketball versus my era of college basketball was different. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, his was, his was really like, you know, a lot of people now go to college based on the next decision, based on the next level. And, you know, back then it was like, you know, he was going to a school where Indiana's a big tradition school and Indiana's a, you know, a a blue collar school and, you know, of that nature, Indiana's had legends like Isaiah Thomas, Jerry Jeffries. Plenty of guys like they, they, Big Dollar Depot, Cody Zeller, like, you know what I'm saying? There's plenty of, plenty of guys um, that's came through there. But, um, you know, I pretty much, you know, my brother helped me throughout the recruiting process. Um, I was in high school, was getting recruited by a lot of schools, um, was highly titled recruited since like ninth grade. Um, so made the McDonald's game, made the joint brand game. And, uh, you know, after that, I decided, and I think my final, my final five schools was like, I think, Three out of five schools might have been in the SEC, if I'm not mistaken. I think Alabama, LSU, um, Indiana was in there, um, Memphis, and there was one more school. It was one more school in there. But um, yeah, man, I went down to LSU and I fell in love with it. Um, you know, it was a guy Nas Reed, God Nas Reed, who was playing for the Timberwolves now, was mm-hmm. there a year before me. And um, you know, I pretty much knew he was leaving. And it was a lot of the guys they had already won the SEC championship that year, the year before I got there, and a lot of guys were staying except him. So um, yeah, man, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the guys. You know, I knew I already knew the guys when I got there. So it was sort of easy. I had our relationship. And um, you know, the head coach's head assistant coach, Bill Armstrong, was from Birmingham, Alabama. So he 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 um we had a strong relationship and um, you know, that's pretty much how I ended up there. A, a lot of ties to just kind of being close to home right 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 not too far from home like probably like five six hour drive but you know down it's still down south uh you know my family was able to come to a lot of home games my brother actually moved down there with me so uh yeah it was it was an easy transition you know versus me 
growing up and literally getting in a car every every week, riding eight hour, riding seven eight hours to Bloomington, Indiana. So was, that that's a, that's a little bit longer of a drive. Um, speaking of an even longer drive, what is what does draft night look like for you? What what is what is your agent telling you heading into that night, and then ultimately after draft night, what with how does that process go for you? Oh, uh, it was crazy. Um, you know, I had already. I had went through all my work because I think I worked out for like maybe like 12 teams. I think I maybe worked out for like 12 teams. Um, and I did pretty good in my workouts. Like I was killing in my workouts up to up, up to draft up to draft day. And um, you know, my agent was telling me like, you know, San Antonio is looking at you or, or OKC is looking at you and 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 uh, I forgot who else was it. Maybe like Atlanta's looking at you uh, for early, early second round pick. You know, I pretty much knew I wasn't going first, so mm -hmm. it was like, okay, early second. Now I'm hearing mid second, and then it was just crazy, like just up and down. I was hearing hearing things throughout the draft, and you know, the draft came, and um, you know, I was I was nervous because I didn't I didn't know. So it was just like, all right, we better dive into it. Let's see what happens. And um, you know, what I'm saying for when I drafted, and uh, you know, after. After as soon as not even before the draft was over, I had well, I had a chance to um take the 59th pick to Brooklyn. And um it just wasn't a good deal. It wasn't a good deal. So yeah. at first I was like, Yeah, I want to take it. I just wanted to hear my name called, like any other kid who grows up. Like that's been my dream since I started well, since I picked up a basketball, get drafted. You know what I'm saying? Just hear my name called. And um, you know, my brother and my agent was like, Man, I don't think that's the best, I don't think that's the best deal in like fifty-nine, like you might as well just go undrafted. So when I drafted and before the draft was even over, Chauncey called my phone. Um, you know, he had just got the job there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, from there, from there, the rest is history. What's that like for you when you get that phone call on Chauncey? Uh, man, it was big time. Like, I remember just answering the phone. Like, he was like, what's up, young fella? It's Chauncey Billups. Like, and I was like, oh, man, I, I, I sort of forgot. Like, cause when, when my agent told me Portland's, giving, Portland's offering you a two-way, I didn't even. I, I really didn't remember. Didn't put that together. Who was the coach yet? Yeah, mm -hmm. like because I knew he was going through. They was going through a uh, coaching change. But um, um, yeah, he called me, and I just remember like I was like, "Thank you." I was really emotional. I was like, "Thank you, man." I was like, "Appreciate. It. I won't let you down. Like you won't regret it." And uh, yeah, we still talk about it to this day. So, how do you go from? And I, and I know the, the the organizational changes with with Neil being dismissed and and how things went post Dame surgery and CJ being traded opened up those opportunities for you. But with that in mind, how do you go from undrafted to five, six months later being a guy who's can show everything that you've done so far? Like what, what changes for you from summer league that year to getting your two way converted? Uh, you know, I always knew, like, I always knew that I was capable of being able to show that I belong. And it was just a matter of time when I got my opportunity. It, you know, it was just a matter of time. Like, I just, I knew, like, because I, I, when we got back from summer league after my after my first year, we were going through, like, workouts, going through pickup and stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can see myself. Like, I, I, I you know, I, I didn't have to prove anything. I just had to prove it to myself. Like, like, I know I belong. You know, I put in the work to get here. So, now it was just a matter of fact of, you know, just waiting waiting on my opportunity, just getting better every day and just locking in on that. And, um, you know, I think that's just what I did. And, um, you know, when the opportunity came around, like injuries, 
Uh, it was, we were going through a big trade. We were losing. So it was like, all right, so coach was just trying different things. It was Chauncey's first year. It was my first year. And, uh, you know, he gave me a shot. And I just took it around with it. And, uh, you know, that none of that surprised me. Like, I knew that I was capable. I know I knew that, that I had worked hard enough to get there. So, uh, yeah, man, I just knew, like, once I got around better players, like good players in the league, I knew my IQ and my feel for the game would separate me from a lot of players that's, that got drafted. And, you know, it's just things that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, like, because I'm not the most athletic guy and I'm not jumping on the rim. I'm not getting dunks. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? But I know my IQ and my feel for the game. It was going to help me at this level more than it did at college. Have you and Jabari Walker talked about your guys' experience as far as the draft goes, as far as being at the, the, the back end of the draft and undrafted and kind of knowing uh, who I, you guys know are? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, he was still able to hear his name called. Like, Jabari was still able to hear his name called. <laughs> It's, it, 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 you can't relate. Like, I don't, like, you just can't relate. Whether you get drafted 59th, 60th, it's a different feeling of when you, you when you look on that TV and you don't see your name called. So, it's you know, a you, different. Now, we hadn't talked about it. Before. You know what's funny? You know what he told me is that it's he, he remembers everybody's name who was drafted in front of him, not because he remembers everybody's name. He just knows he needs to remember the one guy behind him. Right. It was just the one guy behind him who's that's the only name he needs to remember. Everybody yeah. else is ever, who you went in front of him in that draft class. So, um, right. Dame said something, I want to say, two two weeks ago um, right. about you. That right. was, he said it with a smile and he meant it as a compliment. He yeah. said, when you came in as a rookie, he, you were the kind of guy that thought you were better than you actually were, but that, <laughs> that, it, but that it worked in your favor because right. you grew into that guy. Do you feel like that's which kind of how you had to show as an undrafted guy, as a two-way guy, that you had to come in with that kind of confidence to go, yeah, no, I belong here. Yeah, like like I told you, like like I knew I belong. Like even with the team that we had, had last year, like I'm like okay, like he can't do like you know what I'm saying he can't do such some of the things that I would do. Like I could just you know just watching the games. Like I was like I said I was in street clothes for like the first 28, 27 games, so I was able to really learn a lot and really able to watch the NBA game. And I'm like, okay, like when I get in, I'm gonna do this. Like when I, if I ever get my opportunity, like I'm gonna do this. Like, but even prior to that, like when we got there in August, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I, I just sort of walk around with that. Like, it's just like my confidence is not cocky anyway. It's just like my confidence. And, uh, you know, I think like to really stick in the league and to really like, to really show you belong, mm-hmm. to really prove that you belong, you just gotta have it with you. And, you know, being the undrafted guy, being an undrafted guy that got here on the two-way, I tell people like when I first got there on the two-way, I just felt like, like I sort of felt like a like a glorified like walk-on, like to an to an extent, like. But um, yeah, I just sort of you know I just I, I I always put in the work, I put in the work, and then I just believed in myself, like all right, like like I know I know I belong, and I know you know this won't be too long uh, for with me on this contract. Walk me through that moment when Joe converts your deal from a two-way mm-hmm. to a full contract. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let me just rewind a little bit. Um, it was it was right before All Star break, and um, we had went on like a little four game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Like the, the four games that was a Memphis, Milwaukee, and then Memphis, Milwaukee. There's two before that. Can't remember the two before that. But those are those are the two fun ones. It, yeah, it was it was it was some good. Um, um, and I just remember like I was playing good. Like everybody on Twitter was like, all right, we got to get Walker. Like we got to sign this guy. Like every, like all the fans, like I had one, I had one of the fans over 
<laughs> I had won the fans over by just doing little stuff like on the court. Like, so um, I know I just, I didn't know if it was coming soon, but I just remember after the Memphis game, and I tell the story a lot, after the Memphis game, we won. Uh, I did okay. I did pretty good. Um, that was when Ant hit the big shot and uh, mm-hmm. hit the big shot, and um, we won. And went going, we went in, we went in the All Star break, like maybe like tenth place or eleventh, tenth, eleventh place. But we were in a good spot. Um, my brother, my brother, my brother. After the game, he was like, he was just like, he kept rushing me. He kept calling my phone, and he never does this. He kept rushing me. He kept calling my phone <laughs> and calling my phone, and come on, man, we got to go. Cause I was, I, I got in the car. And drove from Memphis to Birmingham, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. It's only like because All Star break, you can just go. Right, I, just go. Went home. Yeah. I went home after the game, so it was like three and a half, four hour drive. So he's calling my phone. He's like, "Come on, I'm going." So I go back. I go out there, talk to talk to my fam. He's like, "Man, come on, like we gotta hit the road, like yada yada." And I just remember, I'm like, I'm like he don't ever rush me like this. Like it's, I don't know, it's something up. So we got in the car, boom, got in the car outside FedEx FedEx Forum. And he's like, he like called Joe, my my agent. He like called my agent Joe, not Joe Cronin. Mm-hmm. Like call, uh, he like called Joe. Uh, so my agent told me, and it was just like an emotional moment. Me and him and um, another one of my boys in the back, in the back seat, we just all like, sort of like, sort of like, broke down and really couldn't believe it. Like, like it was just crazy. It was just sort of like a surreal feeling. Like, like yeah, I did it. Like yeah, like I showed. I told everybody I was gonna. Like I told everybody I was gonna do this. Like I told. Like because I had never been at that point. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I had never been at that point in my career to where I was at the bottom. Because mm-hmm. like, you were you, you were know, always up here. You McDonald's All American Jordan like, brand game I was, I, in high school. Yeah. I was I was I was recruited high. Like I was McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying five star all that but so like I was like all right like yeah like I'm so even after the draft I'm, like, I'm telling my brother I'm like yeah we're gonna get this shit done like we're gonna do this shit like we're gonna get mm-hmm. it done like, so uh it was just all it was just all like all, all good to see it come full circle and uh and the news actually didn't come out till like three days later uh three or four days later right before I got back to Portland the news came out and uh I just texted Joe and was like appreciate you like Sean, see, I told you I'm gonna let you down. Like, I got you. I appreciate it, and uh, I went from there. That's that's awesome, man. Because it's like you said, it's it's a different thing for you because you were at the at the top of everything, and you kind of had to right. reset and work your way right. back. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think, at least for me, in watching your game, is that the the thing that helped you stand out for me mm-hmm. is something that has become the again talking to Dame about this. It was. Um, I would believe it was the, when you had the podium game a couple weeks ago. Dame came up before you, uh, or no, he came in after you. But he, mm-hmm. one of the things we mentioned is he called you a kind of Draymond Light in your ability to work in the pick and roll. And there's to like to me the evolution of the NBA over the last 10, 20 years is everyone can shoot. Right. It's not hard to find shooting now. Mm-hmm. Now the the market inefficiency is playmaking, mm-hmm. and playmaking with size. Guards can all handle across the league. There's just a lot of guys that can handle and create different yeah. levels. But when you get over 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, trying to find guys who can create, that's right. – the, there's so few uh, – somebody in the room asked Dame to kind of name off guys like you. And he's like, you know, him, Draymond, Aaron Gordon. Like there's some guys that can work in that short role situation. Uh, Gary was one of the other guys. Uh, Peyton II was another guy he talked about just – Guys in general that work well four on three, but it's a short list. Yeah. 
How did you get to that spot of uh, understanding how to work on four on threes? Oh, uh, man, like I said, it really just rewinds to like, like just my IQ and feel. Like even when, like when I was growing up, my dad was my coach, and mm-hmm. he never. It was him or he was always my coach. And even if he wasn't, if he was working or something, he would, and, and another coach would get, and another coach would be be coaching me that game. Or he would never let the coach, like, put me in the post. Like, he would never let the coach just stick me in the post because I was bigger than everybody. But he would never let, he would never let him do that. I just wouldn't play. And um, so that, that really allowed me to get my guard skills, like, to being able to handle, being able to make decisions, being able to read a defense. Like, I was, I was taught that at a young age, so – when I grew up, it was like I just kept doing it. I kept doing it, and I was able to. I was able to be big. I was able to be my height, six nine, and be able to handle, be able to pass. You know what I'm saying? Be able to be able to see the open man on the backside, see the defense, see how the defense, see where the low man's tagging from, see if I got a lob. So stuff like that really comes second nature. Like that's really the basis, and like one of the most comfortable things. I'm one of the most comfortable things that I can do is like play make. Like I know, all right, maybe if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not making shots one night or if I'm not, you know what I'm saying? If I'm in foul trouble or anything, like I know one thing I can do, like if Dame's getting trapped or Ant's getting trapped or whatever it may be, I can catch the ball and, and make a play on the, on the, on the backside. And, you know, just from there, it's just four on three. So we can get a good shot. As good as that is for you, for like to have that natural feel, to have that natural IQ, to develop, looking at the floor as opposed to your back to the floor in the post where you're, you're above everything and looking down. What's the difference in operating in high school and operating in college versus operating in the NBA? Because the thing that, that everybody that I've talked to over the years, it's, it's the speed of the game. It's the little things. And when I first asked you about this, the first thing you said is you watched a lot of Draymond Tate. Yeah. yeah when, right. when you, when you're watching Dre on film, yeah. what are the little things that you're watching for? Cause it's, from, again, when I, when I watch film, I see a little shoulder wiggle, a, a little dip here, a, a little shake there. It's it's not crazy, but it's little tiny things that sell one thing one way or another that allow you to open up. So when you're watching Bam, you're watching Dre, you're watching any of these guys work in those kind of situations, what are you looking for? What are you kind of looking to take from them and, and put your own kind of spin on? Uh, My thing was just like like, I will, I will, I'll look at, you know, their pace, like how, like how fast they're going. Like Draymond, he switches his pace a lot. You know, he sometimes he, he goes in the dribble handoffs. Very, he, sometimes he he goes in the dribble handoffs very fast. So if he's about to do a dribble handoff key, he sets it up. He sets it up to the to the to the perfect point to where the defense bites and think he's actually handing it off, or thinks he's about to dribble into a handoff, and he keeps it. And you know, he goes from the other side, but. Um, you know, another guy that I watched that I've actually that I was watching even just throughout my college career and even last year was Kyle Anderson. Like I watch a lot of stuff. Slow-mo. There you go. I watch a lot of stuff that he does off the dribble, like even when he's at point. Like Chauncey put me at point the um game. Mm-hmm. Which game did we just lose? Uh sack. He put me at mm-hmm. point. When you guys are shorthanded, yeah. Right. Um even last year, like he 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 allowed me to have a ball in my hand. Like, and I always tell him it's funny, like when I first got here. Uh, I don't know if he really knew about my game as much, like because he was really like. Did you have to show him the handle? Show him it was yeah, legit. I had to sort of show it to him. Like I had to show him <laughs> that I can get the ball out there. I can get the ball off the rim and push. Like I watch things like that on film, like how 
but it's stuff like that is just really like my IQ, my feel, and just being able to see uh, see the court and, um, you know, just knowing I got good guys around me, man, I can make plays. And Dame allows me to make plays for myself. Like, even when I got the charge last night, I got a charge last night when he had like 41 in the first half. I got a charge right before the half ended, and I was like, damn, my bad, bro. And he was like, nah, like, be you, be aggressive. And, uh, you know, just sort of hearing that from him, you know, I know, I, 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 and that, you know, that's a guy that scored seventy-one. So I know, you know, what I'm saying uh, he believes in me, and uh, that's just, you know, my confidence is up. So, what's that like for you when you're running DHOs and you're running pick and rolls with with a guy like Dame or even a guy like Ant? Like when guys that defenses in the NBA are, are they're terrified of? Like yeah. what 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 is to have their their support and their belief and their enfor- like like they trust you to make the right plays and right reads? Like what does that do for you? Uh. Man, like, I, it, 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 you know what I'm saying? It makes my job easy. Like, like you know what I'm saying? I know if name believes in me, that Ann believes in me, then, you know, all the thing I do is got to go out there and do it. And, uh, you know, with, with, with my IQ and my field, like, with the coach's trust, um, you know, I know Dane, Dane trusts me if he gets the, if he gets two on him. Like, he trusts the pass. He trusts to, to hit it to me in the pocket or hit it to me on the pocket. I drive and now it's just making plays at that point. And, uh, you know, we got good enough players around us to make wide open shots, even even contested shots. So, um, yeah, when I'm in that position, you know, I just think about, you know, if I don't have my floater, if I don't have a layup, all right, now then I know somebody's stepping up and I, I can pass it to the side and, you know, go from there. And, uh, but, yeah, it just, you know, it puts, puts all the confidence in me. And, uh, you know, just it's always good to, you know, have one of the best players that play the game believe in you, so. This is from my co-host. Um, we were talking the other day about um, changes that could potentially come during this 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 summer with with this team, and he said, "You know, I know this is sound a little crazy because Trenton's so young, but I I, I labeled him untouchable. He called <laughs> you un- untouchable in a trade because we were we were talking about uh, Mikhail and being traded for Kevin Durant and how Mikhail has been like, listen, I got traded for Kevin Durant. It's okay, you know that that, that right. understanding, right?" Yeah. But he labeled you untouchable because of the growth that you sh- so much growth that you've shown in such a short period. Hmm. What do you think that is that's about you and the organization and the guys around you right now? Is it just opportunity? Is it opportunity in being in the right plot in the right place? Like what is it that, in, that is in such a short time? Because growth in the NBA is not linear. There's 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 ups and downs and everything else that kind of goes with it, and I particularly I want to call out your shooting because you and I have talked about that over the season. You went from a guy who didn't shoot to you're shooting forty percent from three. You're you're in the in the games that you played. You're basically taking and making one a game now. Like mm. what what is it about you and your game that has allowed for so much growth in such <coughs> a short period of time? Uh, I would just say like like I said like. Having that trust in me, like having that trust from guys like Dame, from Chauncey, like like Dame or really like Dame is texting me at three in the morning, two in the morning. Like this is before the season's even started. Like, like you can really be an X factor to this team. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could really be, you could really help us. Like stay locked in, keep working on your jumper, keep working on your skills, like keep working on ball handling, keep working on playmaking. And um, you know, that's just stuff. I've always been able to do like even if you go back and watch me in college like the way I was scoring and the way I was playmaking it's the same stuff I'm doing now like it's the same stuff that I'm that I'm able to do and I I just think you know what I'm saying just having that having that belief like I, I had to I had to get the, I had to get the coaches trust first and then I had to get you know what I'm saying I had to get names and 
the the veteran stress, mm-hmm. like. And you know, once I got that, it was just a matter of fact of you know what I'm saying if I get my opportunity, and um, like I think that's able that's that's been able to that's 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 allowed me to be able to 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 succeed and look like I belong in the league. So um, yeah, you got 22 games remaining, and then you got hopefully for you guys playoffs, um, and then into the summer and to you know cap off the the first two years of of your career. What what do you take into this? rest of the season and into this off season. Like what, when you sit down with whoever you work with in the off season, when you talk to your agent, when you talk to your trainers, like what are the things that you want to focus on and come back? Cause the thing that I've, I've noticed particularly year three and year four, those seem to be the biggest growth years for most players in the NBA. The first year, it's kind of like wide-eyed and like, okay, I got to kind of get used to this year two. You start seeing some stuff Year three, year four. That's when the, the big kind of jumps come. Yeah. For you, when you're going into this, what what do you want to work on? What do you hope to take out of it? Uh, you know, like I would say, um, like since I play a lot of multiple positions, like I may play the five thirty minutes one night, or I may play the four one night. Uh, you know, I think I was I'm not the biggest, so I think you know, just saying, just working on my body, like working, 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 and getting stronger, and. Um, you know, just keep improving and doing what I'm doing every day. Like, like you said, like I've shot the three ball way better this year. So now, you know, coming into coming into the summer, all right, um, you may like I shoot one one or two threes a game. Like now, now let's shoot now 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 let's work on not turning some down or you know what I'm saying just keep keep getting my three keep getting my three ball my three my shot right and um, you know just allow me to keep working on my ball handling my floater and um, you know just getting better just getting better at every at every step of the game and uh, you know taking my on the court weightlifting and strength and conditioning taking that more serious than I did from year one to year two you, you brought up two things that I was going to go to next your floater and diet so right. Nas's rookie year he said his his the thing he couldn't get away from was Chipotle uh-huh. Ant said he ate like trash Right. So for you, what was what was the thing for you that you ate? And you you look back at it now, and you, I'm sure Dame gives you hell for, or one of the vets gives you hell for. So when you look back at your rookie year, what did you eat? You look at it now, and you go, I can't do that anymore. Uh, should I still eat now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, man, probably burgers. Honestly, yeah, probably probably burgers. Okay, burgers, bro. Okay. Uh, now I gotta like sort of limit it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be careful because once I start eating them, like I really like get to eating them at, like every every day and like. So now it's like, you know what I'm saying? Now it's like, all right, I gotta take care of my body, but I don't eat terrible. But I definitely like. You can find those spots to clean it up. Yeah, for sure. It's year three, and like I want to take a big step. Like I want to take a big step, and uh, you know, just keep keep proving everybody wrong. So, um, yeah, that's my whole mindset behind that. Okay, now the floater. Like you said, you're a six foot nine dude who's trying to get his body better. How the hell did you end up with as a with a floater? Because I've never seen somebody with with, with <laughs> your build and the way you play. Like usually, guys who have a handle like you, you get all the way to the rim, yeah. but you get to the eight to ten foot spot. I, I haven't checked in like two weeks, but yeah, last time I checked, you were shooting like sixty four percent on floaters, man. Where does that come from? That's the thing. That's the thing. See, you see, you got, you got, you notice how you just said a lot of guys with handle like me get to the rim. 
a lot of guys would handle like me also athletic enough to dunk on people. <laughs> <at the rim. laughs> and, uh, hey, so this this is the natural evolution. You don't have that balance, so you have right. that. I don't. You okay. know what I'm saying? I, I noticed. I noticed. I noticed at a at a young age, not at a young age, but in high school, mm. I'm not the most athletic. It's like, you, you did your brother oh, get all the hops? Is that how that went? No, no he <laughs> definitely didn't. No, <laughs> he did. My dad played junior college. He didn't have hops. My brother played. He didn't have hops. And it's just a genetic, like it's just a genetic thing. So, uh, I started working on my floaters and stuff, like in high school, mm. like. In tenth grade, in ninth grade, tenth grade and stuff, I would always just work on touch shots around the rim, like just touch shots, like probably like a hundred touch shots, and like just just shooting floaters from trying to extend it, shooting floaters, just shooting floaters, and um, because when I play AAU, when I play like in, in, in high school, I was able to dunk on people, like my I don't have I I got a little bounce now, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I, no. I caught a few bodies at yeah. summer league. <laughs> I got a few bodies, like, but uh. When I was in when I was in high school and stuff, I just always worked on it. So whenever the summer came around, I was able to finish over taller guys that was on the EYBL circuit, and mm -hmm. um, I was able to just touch up, just use my touch, and it's all just having a good, all, all having a good touch. Honestly, like mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't even know if I could if I could really teach it. It's just sort of like a field thing and mm -hmm. a touch thing that, you, that I have. It's really interesting because Drew he's, he's got his baby hooks. Mm -hmm. And he he said the exact same thing when I asked him like where did that come from and he's like honestly my coach just had me taking hook shots hundred a day yeah and I just stayed after and worked on it right. over and over and over again but the difference is Drew's got bounce right <laughs> so he so he can so he can go in between right he can do that right right when I catch the ball in the pocket it's not too many times I'm just about to go tear the rim down like I'm not doing that I I, I just I shoot the little floater and it'll kind of that's the same. That's the same amount of point. Have you had any reactions from guys when you catch four on three and and you hit them with that floater and they have no idea that's coming? That like, have you have you had? Has anybody said anything to you? Yeah. Uh, man, I have heard like I don't know, like I don't know, like I've heard like people scream, "Hell no!" Or mm -hmm. I'll catch it and be like, like, well, that's a comfortable shot for me. Like that's literally a layup. Like they they think that that's that they did their job. They put you in a bad spot, right? Yeah, like a lot of people like to give up their shot because it's sort of a low. It's a low percentage shot, but sure. I shoot it in a very high percentage. Yeah, league average is about forty percent. Like I said, you were shooting last I checked at sixty four percent. Right, I shoot a real high percentage. Like that's a shot that even my coaches, like Coach Scott Brooks, Chauncey, Roy. Mm. Mark, like they know that I'm going to. They do want that. you to get that shot. Right. Yeah. Like they know that I'm going to do that. Like so. It's like, all right, now the defense knows I can shoot the floater a little bit under half. I mean, not a little bit under the free throw line. So now the low man has to step up, and now he got a guy cut. And now I got shading. Now I got shading above the rim because the low man stepped all the way up because he's scared I'm going to shoot my floater. So easy. Is there a spot anywhere on the backboard where you can lob it that Shaden can't get to it? No. No spot. <laughs> There's, no spot. There's no spot. He I makes – he makes. I don't even know if I'm a good lob thrower, but he makes me. He makes my lob look good. Like, I don't even. I don't. I don't even know if I'm a good lob thrower. The first time you had him before summer league, when he came in, and the first time you threw one up, what was your thought? Before summer league. Yeah, when you guys came in to work together, before you guys had uh, down there. Man, I'm like, wow. Um, 
When was the first? I threw one to him. I threw one to him in summer league practice, and I just remember I'm like, okay, like, all right. I'm like, all right, like, I like, I like, I like, I like your fella. Like, he, he gonna go get it. He tell, he always tells me like, like me and him got this connection now. Like, bro, you know if I'm cutting, like, just throw just, it up there, and I'm gonna go get it. Like, so easy. I remember because we came in after your guys' first practice, and you had yeah. you you told uh, Sean and I that you kind of cocked your head and you're like. Yeah, no, there's something there with 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 his with his balance, and I was like, oh, let's see what it is. You know, let's see what it I is. And I remember coming back for the next day two of the practice, and you flat out said, "Yeah, no, there's he's he's a freak. He's a freak." Same, same, crazy. We'll get you out of here on on the other freak, the one that had 71 points last night. When you're on the floor, mm. watching that happen, mm. what is going through your head, game plan wise? flow of an NBA game because this thing when I asked you last night have you ever seen anything like that and you said no because I've never seen somebody do that to grown ass men right right so when you're in the flow of that are you aware of just how batshit crazy he's going like yesterday like it's a difference between his 40 point games and even his 50 point games mm-hmm. like it's sort of a difference like last night was really like Damn, I felt I felt bad for it. Like I felt, felt bad for the Rockets. Like I sort of felt bad for him. Like I'm like, bro, like, I feel bad for y'all because it's literally nothing y'all can do. Like it's nothing y'all can do. Like so when I was out there with him, like he had already got. He had it was like sixty. It was a jump ball between like somebody. It was a jump ball, or maybe it was between it was Matisse, Matisse and someone else. But, he like, tried to get minutes. that back tip. Yeah, it was like three, mm-hmm. four minutes to go, and like he looked at me, he was like. I'm finna get 70 on their ass. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> he got like 60. He at this time he had like 64. Like he uh-huh. had already tied his career. He tied his career out. So he's like, I'm finna get 70. Like, I'm like, all right, like, like I'm gonna get the ball to you anyways. Like, I'm giving it, I'm getting it to you anyways. So go ahead. Like, so just being out there in the hit with him. And uh, you know, last night was actually crazy. Like last night, I really I called my parents after the game and I was like, like they were like they they felt like they were like watching like Kobe play again, like, mm-hmm. like some like it was one of them performances, and um, and I just tell I, I I I even hit him up last night, and I was like, it's crazy, like I know this ain't nothing new to you, but it's new to me, like you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm always like grateful to really be able to share the court with him and really be able to have a connection with him, and you know he's like a brother to me now, so being able to really have that relationship with him even off the court. And on the court, our chemistry is good. Like so, it's it's, it's crazy. Listen, man, I've watched every second of his career. <laughs> that last night was new to me. Yeah, uh, like, that yeah, that was like, different. Yeah, man. I I woke up thinking about it today. Like when I first woke, when I woke up, I'm like, man, he really had seventy one. <laughs> man, I did three I'm hours like, of the just, radio and I spent two hours that, doing it's just it. Crazy <laughs> that it happened with me. Like it happened while I'm playing, while I'm in rotation. While I'm on the team with him, like, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I'm going to get you out of here on this one because um, the, the picture from last night was incredible. He gets the ball, and it's not uncommon for him to pull it from deep. But he's in that he's in that groove, and it's right before the end of the second quarter, and he has done terrible things to Knicks that mm-hmm. should be illegal in 37 states. Mm-hmm. And he crosses half court, 1-2, and you just go. The second it leaves his hands, yeah. 
What's that like for you in that moment? Like you said, like, man, I feel bad. I, like, I feel bad mixed. <laughs> like, bro, what can you do? <laughs> like, what can you do? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just crazy. Like, you know, it's just out, it's crazy being out there with name. Like, and I could just tell his rhythm and how he was going, like, into the jump shot. Like, he sets it up pretty, like, he sets it up perfect. Like, mm-hmm. he just tell you to the rock you to sleep. He might dribble up slow and pull. Like, and I just knew the rhythm that he was in. The basketball guys weren't gonna let him miss that shot. Like he, he, that was one of those shots that was like, all right, he here to he here tonight. Like, yeah, he really, he really, he really finna make a statement at night. And I just sort of, you know, put my hands up and uh put my threes up and you know, he knocked it in. Well, hey man, I appreciate you taking time. I don't want to cut in any more of your time because I know you're probably getting dinner. My son's probably over the corner chirping, saying, get off that with him right now. So uh thank you for joining us, man. I appreciate you. Uh good luck tomorrow, good luck for the rest of the season. And uh I'll see you guys back on Wednesday when you guys are back in town. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, take care, guys. Uh thank you guys for being here. We appreciate you. Like, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things, and we will Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.